Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Tonight actually is Friday Eve. I know I told you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> On last night's show, we did this whole Friday Eve thing. Like, we were all excited. All Woo! The- it's Friday night. Yeah, all it was, it was hump day. Um, but that, that just goes to show, really, you know, this has been, I think, one of the toughest weeks for me politically to deal with in a while. So much of the reality of this Biden administration and what we've got going on for the next four years, if not eight, if not permanently, if we don't secure our elections, So much of the reality is starting to set in for people. Unfortunately, I don't think it's setting in enough for those, the, the, the ones that actually did vote for Biden. But there's nobody who could be looking at that Coast Guard, for example, him talking to the Coast Guard. There, there's nobody who could be looking at that and looking at anything that's going on right now in terms of the effects of the Biden administration after just 111, 113 days, of which every bit of it was foreseeable. There's nobody who, who's looking at this and, and going, yeah, this guy got more votes than any other uh, president in the history of the United States of America. This guy got more votes than Obama. This guy got 80 million votes. In fact, he got way more more votes than Obama did back when Obama uh, had, you know, white people voting for him and people crying and thinking that, I mean, yeah. No, ain't nobody believing that and I'm not believing it. But unfortunately, because the Republican Party, the establishment, not all of them, but many in the establishment really wanted to maintain the status quo or for fear for whatever reasons, they just refused to uh, to do the right thing. And first of all, doing the right thing meant ensuring the elections uh, in the first place uh, during 2020, allowing some of it is Trump's fault, I got to say, because he allowed Fauci and Burks to take to seize control over our country with these shutdowns. And that paved the way for the mail in ballots. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of blame to go around, but it's just made for a tough week for me, um, in spite of the fact that it's it's a joy and and it's true that to get to come here at least to kvetch right uh from 6 to 7 p.m every night of the week with you guys it does it does do my heart good because i know that i that i'm sharing this with you guys we're a part of our family right and we share the good times and the bad and i think what we're going to do with my partner here i think we got to make a concerted effort to end the week tomorrow with some good news stories i'm thinking that might be what we've got to do if you've got one something you want to share that's a positive tip for me tonight give me a buzz 888-344-1170. You know, on Fridays we do Hear of the Week and Stink of the Week. Um, if you've got if you've got somebody that's you've already heard a good news story, something you want to share, I would love to hear it here. And my man uh, who takes the calls on that every night of the week is here. He shares all the good, the bad, and the ugly, too. Uh, wasn't there a movie called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? It's my man. It's DJ Potato Skins. We have a gentleman. Yesterday, I met in this very room. There's no way he got more votes than Obama. And as proof positive over this last week, Reagan still funnier than Biden. <laughs> Ray, Reagan right now in the grave is funnier, is than, funnier Biden. than Biden and is more charismatic in Bi- than Biden. Um, 
I've got a guy coming out, Patrick Wood. I, he's been on the show before. He is a he's an expert in something called technocracy, and it technocracy is about controlling the people through technology in a variety of different ways. And te- the, the technocracy movement actually began in the 30s, long before anybody envisioned social media. So I'm interested to see where the intersection is now forming between the technocracy movement and social engineering, what that is, how it's intersecting with the attack on free speech and also with the coronavirus and the movement uh, to force us into a collectivist stance on everything for the first time in the United States history. We still have People, Fauci admitted the other day, Fauci admitted the other day that the only reason why he still wears a mask is for show, because they've got to have us moving as one unit under control. So I'm super excited to have him from uh, Citizens for Free Speech, and he's 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 the founder and director of that site, as well as an expert on all things technocracy. So you're going to want to stay tuned to hear that, because it's so much about the truth about what's going on. Too many conservatives bought into so much last year, and I say this over and over, but you know what? It it bears repeating, because you've got to stop believing everything somebody says just because they're a bureaucrat. Because somebody's been sitting in a... Did we not learn? And Ma, Isn't that what MAGA was about? Was returning the government to the people and getting away from the bureaucracy that was bloated of all these unelected crap weasels that, that had no business to be in control of our lives that were no, not elected, never held accountable for any of their decisions, never had to bear the weight under any of the decisions that they've made. We've got to stop just automatically believing somebody because they got a title on a business card. Right. And now look at the mess we're in. And these controls, they're not going to give them up anytime soon if they can get away with it. And Mussolini, for all of him trying to buy off and buy his way out of being recalled, what they're still attempting to do in terms of their commie controls is astounding. And, And nobody's really talking about it. I got three. Even here locally, I got three, uh, two local stations on in, in, in my studio and a national one. And ain't nobody talking about the fact that Mussolini has brown shirts going door to door in California. Asking you whether or not you've been vaccinated, a door to door vaccine campaign by the government. Um, and, and the goal is to target the, quote, vaccine hesitant and to get as many Californians vaccinated as possible. This is according to the Sacramento Bee. Katie Grimes wrote an article about it in, in the California Globe. Um, they're spending $10 million to fund the effort and it's being funded and led by Healthy Future California. Um, in uh, and UCLA in partnership with 70 community based organizations. I want to know everybody behind this. And I hope everybody has the same reaction when they come to their door when they came to mine. And, what and we you, answered, none of your business. Right. Right. How many, do you, you know, right? Even if you don't know the ins and outs of HIPAA, you know, when you're at the drugstore to pick up a prescription, you got to stand back, right? Because you're not allowed to hear anybody's conversation about prescriptions that they fill and anything related to their health care. But yet the government is sending people to your home to ask whether or not you've gotten the vaccine. And when they tell you that it's to address the vaccine hesitant, they are there to pressure you, to bully you, which is what we're going to talk about this technocracy movement, this, which is about social engineering which as Patrick Wood says is it's bullying that's what this is the government showing up to your door to say hey you got that vaccine yet in complete violation of your rights under HIPAA 
They don't have the right to know this information. It's trespassing that they would come to your home and invade your privacy personally and medically. And it's only going to get worse. And this for a virus that has a 99.9% recovery rate. You're going to love this story, Skins. There was uh, some uh, doctor some uh, that it was considered to be some big on MSNBC who admitted who admitted that the only reason for for parents to wear, uh, if they've been vaccinated, to wear a mask at this point around their kids is so that their kids will wear a mask. Kids don't get it, and they don't give it. This is continuing to push the lie out on the American people that everybody, I talked about this last night, the big lie is that everybody is equally capable of getting it, everybody stands the same chance of getting it, stands the same chance of dying from it, and therefore we got to keep all these controls in place. we got to have brown shirts coming to your door. we got to have little kids continue to be abused and traumatized with these masks on. And as far as the people coming to your door, I don't care whether you're vaccinated or not, stand up for your, for your privacy. Tell them they don't need to know. Right. Because you know what? If you're okay with the government coming to your door to demand that, then you're going to be okay with the government coming to your door door to demand what you're eating, to demand uh, to look inside your home and see what your, your thermostat is set at. They're going to demand to come into your home. Are you teaching your children um, Christianity and that what's in the Bible is the word of God? Or are you are you failing to teach your children transgenderism? Because let me tell you, what the ni- I don't know that the 19-year-old who was arrested, who was involved in January 6th, he was held without bail because if he because he at 19 he still lived with his parents in in a home in which he was homeschooled and the judge declared that that was the equivalent of an indoctrination camp and wouldn't release him into the home so if you're okay with them coming to your the government coming to your door to inspect whether or not you've gotten a vaccine then let me tell you sandra fluck and all the rest of you women posting all over instagram upset over these new abortion laws happening around the country like texas signed the heartbeat bill yesterday that you don't want somebody in your uterus well what do you think they're doing coming around to the door you must be okay with somebody coming in and asking you questions about your sex life and and whether or not you've gotten the hpv vaccine to stop this you from spreading your std to somebody and them getting cancer what's the difference or are you dumb enough to just think that this is only going to happen, this invasion is only uh, going to happen to people who do something that you, that, you know, you're, you, you, you think everybody should be vaccinated, so you're okay with it, but you don't think it can happen to you, right? That's how the left operates. Yeah, there's no difference between the two. Right. Or they think that whatever tyranny is happening to the conservatives, that's okay, because they think that they're going to be spared the tyranny directed at them. Speaking of tyranny, we got to talk about this technocratic movement that's happening in, in this country. We've got Patrick Wood is going to be here to explain what is technocracy, what does it mean for us going forward, where is the intersection of that with what's happening with this January 6th, the spying on our military, the spying on the American people as well as is our, our suppression of our speech. So stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. At the uh, open of the show, we were talking about a variety of different topics, one of which is uh, the new program happening to the tune of $10 million across California in which the brown shirts are going to be coming to your door. They actually have already started to knock on your door to, to invade your privacy, ask you if you have received the vaccine, and if not, say why not and get yourself to get, get yourself vaccinated. Um, this is a part of um, a vast, I, I said from the beginning that this whole coronavirus thing was a psychological operation. Another way to put it is social engineering. And so I reached out to have Patrick Wood on the show tonight. He is the executive director and founder of Citizens for Free Speech, which is an organization dedicated to preserving free speech and enabling citizens to exercise their rights as guaranteed by the United States Constitution. And he is also an expert in something called technocracy. And he's got a book called Technocracy Rising, the Trojan Horse of Global Transformation. And he's also co-author of Trilaterals over Washington, Volumes 1 and 2. And he joins me now to discuss technocracy and all the different ways that it's playing out in our lives. Hi, Patrick Wood. Welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Andrea, you're absolutely knocking it out of the park. I, I, I fully agree with you. When a radio host in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, says when people approach him about uh, his vaccine status, he says, I'll be glad to talk to you about my vaccine status, but first let's talk about your last colonoscopy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when they, when they just give him a blank stare, they says, now, now get out of my face. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to come up with uh, with another example of that because I don't want to plagiarize. I don't want to be like Joe Biden. So I have to come up with, with an equally clever retort. Um <laughs> People are starting to think about technocracy, which is technocrats ruling over us. And they, and they, they I think there's a misunderstanding. You did. A, I want to direct everybody uh, to an interview that Patrick Wood did with the Federalist in which you, you had an opportunity to go into great greater depth than we have tonight about technocracy, about the movement. Many people think of it in terms of just social media, big tech, right, uh, censoring us and, you know, the cancel culture. But it's actually a far bigger movement. It started in the 30s and I'd like you to explain what technocracy is and how it's playing out my question for you which is a little bit different than the federalist piece is how it's playing out in the intersection of our free speech as well as with this whole coronavirus movement absolutely great question well originally back in the 1930s um, some science and engineers at Columbia University got together in the heat of the Great Depression and they decided they'd make a new economic system. They just, uh, it's pretty egotistical actually, but they, we can do this. We're scientists and engineers at Columbia University, the most progressive university in the world. Mm-hmm. And so they did, and they called it technocracy. And it was gonna be a resource-based economic system run by science and scientific method, where all decisions would be made about who could consume what and who could make what, and they would make a perfect balanced world of, uh, you know, economic activity. It wasn't a political system. They wanted to actually do away with the political system because they felt their system was so great that you wouldn't need to have a political system. You know, just just do what we tell you and everything will be cool. Well, fortunately, uh, America rejected technocracy in the 40s as capitalism recovered. But the idea came back in the early 1970s and it's with us today in, in full force. We know it today not so much by the name technocracy, but everybody's heard somewhere along the way of sustainable development that the United Nations promotes. Almost everybody's heard of Green New Deal Mm -hmm. uh, that AOC and uh, the squad came up with uh, in uh, Washington. 
And a lot of people have heard about the Great Reset that's being promoted by uh, the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, right now. Uh, these are all synonyms for historic technocracy, a resource-based economic system uh, taking property rights and property away from people and uh, giving it to the global commons for the global common good. And, you know, you're basically just too selfish and ignorant to take care of yourself, so they will do it for you. Um, this is really crazy stuff, and it sounds far out, but this is exactly what it is today. So we're, the people are worshiping science. Science is the lead and everything is going on right now, whether it be global warming or whether it be uh, the pandemic. Listen to the science. Mm -hmm. Well, you say that doesn't make any sense. The science, your science is cracked. Well, you know, our science is better than your science. <laughs> you know, just go around in a circle on it. But, um, it's you know, wherever you hear, you need to listen to the science. You're touching technocracy and you're touching the religion of technocracy, which is scientism. That is, science is a god. And we can trust God, and it actually has a priesthood, the science and engineers. They are able to interpret what science is saying. You aren't. You don't have a Ph.D. or two or three. Mm -hmm. They will tell you what science says, what it means, and what you should do about it. Well, I, I, in your interview with The Federalist, uh, you actually gave the definition from the 30s of, from a magazine called The Technocrat, that technocracy is the science of social engineering, the scientific operation of the entire social mechanism to produce and distribute services. And you said two important things here is one is the science and of social engineering. And I love how in the interview you talk about basically it's where one group of people tries to get another group of people to do something they may not otherwise do. And it's pushing a nudge and it's social engineering is not science. It's bullying. And that's what's going on with these masks, with the distancing, um, every bit of what's going on. They, they know kids don't give it and don't get it, uh, get it or, or give it. But that's what's going on with continuing to keep kids out of school or putting masks on them. This this has been the greatest way for these these technocrats, these Fauci's and these um, to not to have us not have representation, to be able to throw our Constitution aside. And now everything is being controlled by unelected technocrats. And that's what's going on here. That's exactly right. And, and I have to say, an old Danish proverb says, a fish stinks from the head down. And uh, uh, w this is what's going on here. The, the, the head of the fish is a long ways from the local level at this point. But it trickles down. The stink trickles down. You know, all the little petty tyrants that are just waiting for some opportunity to do something on a local level. You know, they get a hold of something like this and they say, oh, bitty goody, we can go out and, you know, play mini tyrant. And they do. And they think that their God's gift to mankind is what they say goes and that you should just do it, uh, what they tell you to do. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's always been that kind of people in society. They don't have a clue what technocracy is. They don't have a clue what sustainable development is or United Nations or anything else. They're, they're totally ignorant. But they love the part about lording it over somebody else. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're they so... really get into that part. Well, what I can't wrap my head around is why anybody is so willing to be a sheep and, and allow themselves... You mentioned in the interview with the Federalist, if you're going to control it, you have to monitor it. And that's why there's this big push. To, they're monitoring us with big tech. This is what's behind uh, using the excuse of January 6th, the right at the Capitol, um, uh, using some term called patriot extremism as an excuse to spy on us, doing the same thing to the military. They're monitoring us through social media 
media. And now they also want to monitor us with the, under the excuse of coronavirus with apps yeah. that will monitor whether or not we've gotten the vaccine. Have we gotten our booster? And if you haven't gotten it, that you don't get entry into places. That's what the vaccine passport's about. And then the next step for all of this is something I haven't heard anybody else talk about. And you mentioned it in your interview is the smart city. Let's talk about uh-huh. that for a moment, because there's a lot of people saying that that's what Bill Gates and others have planned with him buying up all the farmland. He's the biggest owner of farmland in the country. He's bought up a, a lot of land in Arizona and Amazon. Yep. And part of the reason and Amazon would be um, be the biggest supplier of goods and services. This is not a far fetched conspiracy, is it, Patrick Wood? Oh, gosh, no. It's, it's all in plain sight. Um, people, some people still say it's a conspiracy theory the way we talk about it, but it's all in plain sight. I mean, you can go out and inspect uh, Bill Gates' property uh, that he bought out uh, west of Phoenix, that he's going to build this giant uh, 250,000-city, a smart city that will be totally controlled by technology, sensors everywhere, um, you know, uh, video screens, giant video screens in every home. I, you know, it, it's like uh, the, the model of, of Brave New World type technology where everything is controlled in your environment. And he's not the only one doing it. There's other cities around the world that are experimenting with these uh, pop-up cities, as I kind of call them. They're implementing all the latest smart city technology to control, to monitor and this is the this is the holy grail. Data right now is the new oil of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And technocrats love data. They they have a lust for data like a heroin addict has a lust for drugs. Because that's and how they can control. Because that's how they let's talk. I want to give a real world example of how that why that data is currency and what it's why it's so important to them. And I think I I read an article recently that kind of explained how it would play out in a smart city. And it's it's very much what's happening in China with the social credit score. So they've 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 done a magnificent job of destroying small business and and having everybody locked in their homes and ordering from Amazon. And so wouldn't that just be the perfect, uh, you know, company now, Jeff Bezos? He so you would live in your little smart city and you would ride your little scooter and you wouldn't have a car and everything would be available to you via technology in your little community and you you know cash it's a cashless society and um but you go in the grocery store one day and you load up whatever whatever food items uh, gmo or whatever that bill gates is allowing you to eat and then it comes time for you to go to the register and you put your palm out and they tell you oh gee you haven't gotten your vaccine or your booster, so we're not going to let you get any food today. Or your social credit score is low because you said something we didn't like in a, on your social media. And that's the real way in which our data will be used in these smart cities against us, isn't it? It's being used that way right now, Andrea, just in, in ways that aren't so obvious. But let me, I'll give you a, a perfect example. Let's say you go out uh, after a car insurance or life insurance or whatever. Do you think the only information they look at is the information on the application you fill out? Not hardly. They'll go and examine you for everything that they can find on you in social media and anywhere else, all the data they can buy from Google and Facebook and the rest of them. They'll do a profile on you where they will know more about you than you know about you because that's because some of the data has been made up and it's fictional data. But um, inferred data is what I call it. That's a proper term for it. But um, they will know more about you than you know about yourself. And they will rate you 
already. They're doing it right now. Yep. They will rate you on all this other data that they have bought or collected on you, and you will never have a clue. This is happening with, with financing right now. When you apply for a loan, mm-hmm. you think the only thing they look at is just you know your application? Not so. Well, what can uh, we do about it? Let's loan, and you'll wonder why. You'll never well, know why. They're well, not going to tell you why. Well, this is the individual version of the ESP score that we've seen, um, ESG score yep. that we've seen with, with corporations, and they're being rated. Standard and Poor's has been doing this for three years. The environment, social, and governance. That's what's going yep. on with the individuals. Some people have said to me, "Well, the cat's out of the bag. They already have all our data. You might as well continue to be all over the internet." I don't agree with that. Let's talk for a moment about the f- free speech because you're also a founder of a, of a free speech organization. Um, they got to they got to shut us up, right? That's why they got to ban us and anybody that questions these vaccines. And, and they they got to they got to shut down our speech on all this and, and suppress our our voices, don't they? Yes, and I'll tell you what the, the the technocrat elite in our country, and that's that's all you can take all the social media people pretty much and put them in it. The, the, the Zuckerbergs and the um, uh, the Dorseys and uh, the Googles and, and Jeff Bezos and Microsoft, so on. You can take this whole technocrat class uh, as a group, and I'll tell you who their primary enemy, really the only natural enemy they have in the entire planet, is the populist movement in America. Anybody that's for America, anybody that's for the Constitution, anybody that's for borders, language, and culture, etc., uh, they are scared to death of this group. They're not trying to attack it to eliminate it, but they're scared that they're the only ones that can derail their stupid technocrat plans. So they crush the speech of the populist movement to try and discourage, to dishearten, to break the spirit of the populist movement. That's what all the censorship is about. If, but I, I, I say very bluntly, it's issue-oriented. It is not based on politics alone. It may seem that way because mm-hmm. certain groups of you know, political spectrum talk about certain things. But you'll find people like uh, Robert F. Kennedy, for instance, uh, yeah. who talks a lot about vaccine injury. Oh, yeah. He is not conservative. No. He's been blacklisted more than any practically anybody you can imagine in America right now. It's issues-oriented. They don't want anybody talking about the issues that would make them look like the idiots they are. And the tyrants that they are. Patrick, what I, need right. to, I need to have you on more regularly because this, these, are, these are the issues of the times that matter to everybody. It's one of the reasons why Newsom's under recall here from you know, Democrats, Republicans, and ind- independents. So, exactly. um, because these do cross partisan lines. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure, Andrew. Anytime. All righty. Y'all stay tuned. We got more to talk about on the other side of the break. So don't go away. And I would love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K. Telling you like it is. All while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Y'all got a, anybody got a good news story to share with me tonight? 888-344-1170. I think there's a hero um, of the week nominee for you skins that you might like. Uh, Joe Rogan on his podcast this week. I don't know if you heard about I'm this. I'm actually a big Joe Rogan fan. I am too. Because you know why? You know why? Um, because he calls balls and strikes. He's a very big uh, free speech guy and he just tells it like it is. Right. And he was like, you know, it won't be long before white men will not be allowed out of their home. There's also so much um, discrimination going on right now in this country against white people. And very few people are actually even even Tim Scott. I thought he did a beautiful speech that night, but it was it was so couched. He didn't use the W word. There is racism against white people in this country right now. And we can't if we if we are actually going to uh, be united. Joe Biden did some yammering today about, oh, you know, or yesterday about how, yeah, he's he he said he was going to unite us. And yeah, he's he's on track to making that happen. No, that his idea and the left's idea of unity is when we all come together and declare white people as the stain on this nation and inherently bad and evil and and we're we're what needs and we can come together around that concept denounce your whiteness exactly you have to you have to declare i am a racist and we can all unify around how evil white people are no i'm not going to do that and so we've we've got to support people like joe rogan that are honest about it and somebody was saying on on i think it was last night i was watching rob schmidt on newsmax after i got home and he showed a picture of himself back in his early news days and he was talking about how he couldn't he was told by his agent he wasn't going to be able to get a job in a lot of places because he was white, um, you know, and he started talking about how corporate America is starting to discriminate against white people. Yeah, there's reports right now that, you know, a lot of jobs, jobs now are a lot of it is through you submit your resume online and corporations have these algorithms set up to kick out resumes if they don't like certain buzzwords or, you know, different stuff. Now, the word is, you know, they, you know, I don't know how they would tell on your resume if you're if you're white, but I guess they can search you and see you online and see what your skin color is, and that um, you know it's it's getting increasingly difficult for white people to get hired. But let me tell you, this started back in my corporate days in the '90s at Xerox. There was the joke that what's an endangered species? A white Anglo-Saxon male at Xerox. If they could get a job, they weren't getting hired. They weren't getting promoted. So, yeah, that's a that's a good story in terms of somebody being honest and speaking out about it. Can you imagine a mayor? Can you imagine a white mayor somewhere doing what Lori Lightfoot said yesterday and said, I'm only going to crucified. Take, yeah, I'm only gonna, I'm only going to take questions from white reporters instantly be crucified and should be and should be. That's outrageous. Here's the story Try to justify it today. Well, I'm, try, I, I'm trying to I'm looking for the justification for this 18 um, year old who was caught on video kidnapping a twin white boy, taking him out of the home, caught on video, stabbed a boy to death. Then he was caught on video going back into the home to get the twin, and he ends up getting spooked and leaves without taking the second boy. He has not been charged with murder. Can you help me to understand why this young black man was not charged with murdering a little white boy after he murdered the little white boy? Is that where we're at now? Little, little white boys, you know, are allowed to be murdered. Murder is murder. Yeah. Or it's supposed to be. Well, yeah, but this is where this is where hate crimes legislation gets you right to where where you say, well, if if it was if it was reversed 
and the 18 year old who, you know, had gone in and kidnapped a little, you know, black boy and stabbed him to death and then went back for the for the twin. What would that not be the number one story we'd be hearing all over the nation all day, every day, all day, every day. And the hate crimes legislation is that it elevates some victims over others. And now here we are. This is what happens. It's just, it's, it's, this is why I came in. I got to be honest with you guys. You guys are my friends. You're my family. I got to tell you guys, I, this is these kinds of stories that have me down. And I know that, and I know that, you know, I'll perk back up because, you know, Patrick, Patrick Wood was right about the populist movement. There is still more of us than there are them. That's why they got to try to silence us. 75 million plus. 75 million. That's why they've got to not just try to silence us, but try to criminalize our movement, declaring it patriot extremism. We're these evil people that dare to question the outcome of an election or more importantly, I think it was defined by those who think that the government is corrupt. Well, excuse me. I prefer to call us Americans. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because questioning, isn't that how we got started by speaking up against a corrupt government and declaring our our, our independence and our freedom? Mm hmm. Kind of funny that we've come full circle. Yeah. Yeah. there's breaking news out of Israel today. Of course, Joe Biden is claiming credit for brokering a ceasefire between yeah, Israel. No, Joe, you had nothing to do with it. Well, but I mean, have we, how many ceasefires have we had? I mean, are we not caught in the same pattern here where, you know, they per, the, the Islamist and Islamic terrorists perceive weakness on the part of the United States of America. So then they decide to attack our, our ally Israel. Israel's forced to defend themselves. It's only once Israel starts to defend themselves against these I- I- terrorist attacks in which anybody starts paying attention so then the media makes israel the bad guys and then after weeks of this happening you know israel who never wanted to be in a battle in the first place you know reaches a ceasefire agreement until it happens again can you imagine just imagine for a moment if trump was in office what his response would have been you know what it is but i'm just saying well it, it, it didn't happen this we have not had this happen it between Hamas and Israel since 2014 did not happen. And it would not have happened if Trump was in office. And it's partly happening because they know that it's not just Joe Biden who's in power. It's not just the United States of America that's weak. It's that the United States of America has joined forces with them. They know who their partner is. Case in point, Ilhan Omar's daughter who's now a student at, I think it's a Columbia, that ragtag skanky outfit that Patrick Wood talked about. She has put, um, uh, um, she has put on her Twitter profile a hammer and sickle, the communist symbol. Thank you, because, you know, I've been saying for years now that the Democrat Party was partnering with the Islamists because they should not even afraid to do it anymore. No, they're not. They're open about it now. But I mean, you know, for years I had people, even conservatives telling me, Andrea, that the Dems could not be the Marxists could not be partnering with the Islamist because uh, communism is has no religion in it. And how long have I been saying that Islam is a political ideology? hides itself behind a religious component and that what it shares with the Democrats is the agenda of a centralized system of power with complete control over our lives. And now at some point, might the Democrats end up getting pushed out because there is this religious component in there? But I don't think so, because they I mean, they're they're natural partners. Um, and, you know, if if they all get what they want in terms of the centralized system of power, then I think they'll all be they'll all be happy together. 
because it's not as though the Democrats, you know, really care about what somebody's really doing with with religion as long as they get what they want out of it. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got more to talk about. And if you got anything good you want to share, a good news story, share that with me as well. 888-344-1170. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. This is not an uplifting story, but it's making me crack up because it's like, <laughs> it's it's kind of the beauty of wokeism, right? Because wokeism is so perfect for the left because it's, I've said this before, because it's not rooted in any kind of principle, any kind of integrity. So it's all based in feelings and emotions and bullying for power to get what they want. So it's fluid, right? It's fluid, just like the pretend, the pretense of being gender, being fluid, right? Um, so, I, and, and why I'm giggling about this is because I'm I'm loving it when the woke start to eat their own, right? So here's a story that, courtesy of my friend Joe Messina from The Real Side, he posted this today. Um, Guess what group is being banned from New York City's Pride Parade? Oh, I'm not answering because I already know the answer, but this is but this is just it's ironic. <laughs> it's so stupid. So the Pride Parade, which is about LBGTQ, right? They're banning, wait for it, gay police. Shouldn't they no, shouldn't they be I'm I'm asking rhetorically, shouldn't they be celebrating that? Right. Because wasn't the the whole LBGT movement about civil rights That's and wanting to I have thought. equality in the workplace? And so now you're gonna ban gay police. Police and gay law enforcement and first responders from your pride parade? And the, and the reason why is they're saying, that, and I quote, the sense of safety that law enforcement is meant to provide can instead be threatening and at times dangerous. So what? Gay people, y'all beating up on other gay people? So your gayness stops when you become a police officer? I don't understand this. Makes abs- Again, it makes no sense. <laughs> oh. They go on to say... Um, that it makes law it makes it law enforcement that the sense of safety that law enforcement is meant to provide can instead be threatening and at times dangerous to those in our community. So you're basically calling your LBGT community a bunch of terrorists threatening you the second they put on some blue fabric or put on a badge. Wow. So the organizers say instead of inviting them to join, they will reallocate law enforcement services to trained private security, community leaders, and volunteers. Well, how do you know what the private security believe? Like like anybody that's that's a rent-a-cop, so all rent-a-cops are good? There's no rent-a-cops? So you're going to let straight rent-a-cops come and provide your security instead of gay people in the in the police? <laughs> now I know why you were chuckling. I mean, this I, so I when you think about it, it's just ridiculous. And it just goes to show that this is that none, nothing about identity politics, nothing about wokeism has anything at all to do with the different identity groups for which they pretend to care and protect. It's about politics. It's about agenda. It's about, hey, we got to throw gay people under the bus who are cops so that we can we can cr- make all cops be the bad guys. That's what this is about. This is about cultural Marxism. It's about destroying the fabric of our nation. It's about creating anarchy out in the streets. That's what this is about. 
and throwing gay people under the bus at the same time. Again, if, if it were about civil liberties, they would be celebrating the cops that actually got there. Right. If this and and I told this to a gay friend friend of mine years ago, I said if if your movement was really about civil liberties, you wouldn't it would never involve the removal of civil civil liberties of anybody else because you would be like you know what we don't want anybody shoved in the closet because we know what it felt like to be in the closet. Now white it's like Joe Rogan said pretty soon a white man won't be able to leave the house. Our entire I'm already calling it out now. He's my hero of the week because that that took guts. Well, it did because nobody's saying the W word. Nobody's talking about any war on white people or racism against white people. Uh, you know what? I, I That's not true. I saw this um, Jack, somebody or other, I can't remember his name, this African-American. He's super handsome. He spoke at the RNC. I can, for some reason, the pastor, for some reason, I can never remember his last name. I don't know why. I think it's one of those names that's so common that I can't. It's, it's too common almost. And he was saying today, look, you know, if this movement was really about uh, equality, then they would recognize that we're all brothers and sisters, right? Whether whether we are born in Iran, whether he, whether wherever we are, wherever we are born, and whatever shade of our skin, we're all brothers and sisters. So that's why this isn't this LBGT movement isn't about L- anybody gay. This whole you know critical race theory and diversity movement about ending like Joe Biden talked about with unity. It's not about unity. It's about Back division. To that old theme. It's about control. It's it's ultimate. All of it is about control. Tear apart society into different groups. You tell each group that they've been victimized. What have they been victimized by? Uh, traditional America, which MAGA represents. Then you're fostering hatred. Between the different groups against MAGA, against this country, and then promise that you're going to, you know, you're going to right all the wrongs with your with your Marxist centralized system of power and everybody loses in the end. In fact, you know, I didn't get a chance to get into it with Patrick Wood, but this all this stuff has played out before with China. You know, Mao, how many, uh, you know, Biden is speaking. Biden of Biden quoted he, a chi- the Chinese. Mao. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. In his Coast Guard speech, he quoted Mao talking about women or something. You know, Mao's cultural revolution, 80 million people died. Great reference there, Biden. Quite accurate, I might add. Oh, here's a nominee for Stink of the Week. Legos has now come out with, speaking of LBGTQ, they've now got their pride Lego box or whatever it is i didn't play with legos when i was a kid um whatever I legos called. were neutral kind of like the military well i mean it's 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 legos are about assembling stuff like if you go to legoland right. it's about yeah. it's about taking yeah. all these little these little squares and oh, stuff and making a toy out of it making a truck out of it or making a house out of it now now we've got to and, and i post i don't look i don't care who you have sex with i don't care what you do in your personal life leave kids alone why are you why are you introducing sex into uh, little little squares with knobs on them that are meant to basically, you know, build things? Again, kids are at the end becoming victims through through the whole process. Well, yeah, you're in, LBGTQ. What is that? You're talking about sex. This is perverted to be introducing anything sexually related into a toy with children. So that's my nominee for stink of the week. Hey, love you all. We'll be back tomorrow night, Friday Fun Day. Bob Walters will be here, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Love you all. Thank you.